All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake. We appreciate you uh, taking a minute to stop by and check us out and give us a listen. Uh, we, Your time is very valuable. And, you know, Jake, um, can is time something you can make? Make time. Uh, no, I guess. Can you get time? I don't think so. Can you save time? I don't think so. So in an interesting, we kind of have all these expressions about time, but yet uh, none of them are really true. Yet and more things I was lied to about growing up. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You definitely can't can't save it all, you know, um, and as soon as it is passed, it's already gone and it's history. And yes. uh, you can't go back. So um, I guess... Uh, People would say that's why you show up in uh, your early uh, because, um, you know, you don't be late to things. I don't know where I was going, <laughs> but, but, but we're on uh, top of things today. Yes, yeah. but definitely we appreciate your time. Time is very valuable and how you spend your time and what you do with your time. And we hope that's beneficial to you. And as always, just want to remind you, you know, we do have a Facebook page, Sabbath Lounge. We have a Twitter sabbath lounge and uh, we would like more followers and all these things and we also have um a whopping 25 subscribers on this youtube channel and uh, we are just going like gang busters here so uh straight on the way to millions i think yep so it's, uh, just only, any day only up from here yes only up from here and then we have uh, Sabbath Lounge on Spotify as well. And so it's Spotify and um, iTunes. And we have a, 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 a um, website. Yeah, the website. Thank you. And so uh, there's lots of ways to interact, lots of ways to listen. You can leave us a voicemail. You can leave us a comment. You can leave us a question. You can leave a prayer request. Um, just tell us something, please. <laughs> So, We're not desperate. <laughs> but we do appreciate you uh, listening to us. And so tonight, um, a lot of times what happens is we uh, go through our Torah portions and we start discussion, we start thoughts, and, um, you know, things stir and, and we kind of have these conversations and um, we're, we're so, sometimes we're behind on the what we're podcasting and um and we kind of do it after the torah uh, reading and so one of these is uh, first fruits and so tonight we wanted to take a look or today whenever you're listening to this uh, for us it's um at night um and so we're going to do a fresh look at first fruits so fresh so, so fresh. fruits so fruity <laughs> <laughs> so fresh and fruity um what was that fresh and fruity rudy tootie no, it you sure didn't know was. that. <laughs> it, You've never heard that before? That. Seems like that was an IHOP commercial. Mm. Fresh and fruity, root and duty, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Must be a Texas thing. Yeah, it was just in Texas. <laughs> so. But, uh, you know, so uh, when when I wrote a few years ago, I wrote an article called Get the Lev Out. And um, so I got that from in a certain movie where there's a – character named Jack Black and he plays a school teacher who um, 
teaches school and he teaches kids how to be rock how to teach he teaches them how to be in rock and roll but you know the whole premise of that movie is terrible because you jake as a parent uh, you would be so furious that this random stranger came and taught your child um led zeppelin uh when you thought he was learning like serious school right it's my job to teach my kid led zeppelin <laughs> your job to teach him abc that's right no that's, that's my job also yes just to be clear <laughs> but you know in that movie he talked about getting the lead out and yeah. so he gets in his van and he's like all right now you know what time it is it's time to get the lead out and uh, so, oh so he was meaning led zeppelin yes Got it. not levin i'm seeing the tie-in now yeah yeah so it took you that long trying to oh you're trying to help me okay gotcha gotcha (laughs) well some people might not be familiar with my reference but um but anyway that's what it is explained it well okay all right maybe somehow all of this has to do with first fruits yes and uh and and now i've got a stick and i'm beating a dead horse (laughs) so so is it possible that this was the first fruit offering and so i wanted to start in the book of jasser and would you read this uh uh, in Jasser. And she called the name of the firstborn Cain, saying, I have obtained a man from Yahweh. And the name of the other she called Abel, for she said, In vanity we came into the earth, and in vanity we shall be taken from it. And the boys grew up, and their father gave them a possession in the land. And Cain was a tiller of the ground, and Abel a keeper of sheep. So tiller of the ground, keeper of the sheep. And I highlighted in in yellow here, their father gave them a possession of the land. And, and I can't help but think of, boy, that sounds an awful lot like the promised land <laughs> and getting a possession in the promised land, an inheritance. Right. And so there's a lot of, a lot of things in there that will preach, Jake. That, that'll preach, right. That'll preach right there. I'll tell you what. And would you read the rest of that? And it was at the expiration of a few years, that's that's a nice way to say it, uh, that they brought an approximating offering to Yahweh, and Cain brought from the fruit of the ground, and Abel brought from the firstlings of his flock, from the fat thereof, and Elohim turned and inclined to Abel and his offering, and a fire came down from Yahweh from heaven and consumed it. And unto Cain and his offering... Yahweh did not turn, and he did not incline to it, for he had brought from the inferior fruit of the ground before Yahweh, and Cain was jealous against his brother Abel on account of this, and he sought a pretext to slay him. Any thoughts about that? He appears to be offering a fruit-type offering, the fruit of the ground, probably his first yeah, first fruits. Who is the he? Offering? Oh, Abel. Abel. Abel appears to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. And then uh, in Genesis, just chapter 4, Adam made love to his wife Eve. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have gotten the man that Yahweh promised. Then she gave birth to another child. Abel, Cain's brother, Abel was a shepherd, and Cain was a farmer. Later, Cain brought some crops from the land as an offering to to Yahweh. Abel also brought some choice parts of the firstborn firstborn animals from his flock. 
Yahweh approved of Abel and his offering, but he did not approve of Cain and his offering. So Cain became very angry and was disappointed. Then Yahweh asked Cain, why are you angry and why do you look so disappointed? If you do well, won't you be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin is laying outside your door and ready to attack. It wants to control you, but you must master it. Boy, that is, um, that's an interesting concept there too. So yeah. that he's being tempted and he's t giving him a warning. Hey, you need to get a handle on this. You know, he, he, he didn't, didn't, uh, uh, consume him with fire and uh, instantly uh, finish him and and uh, just uh, knock him out right there. But he, you know, gives him an opportunity to grow and learn. Yeah, when we first started doing uh, Torah portions with the kids, um, this was something that stuck out at me: is uh, Yahweh asks Cain, "Why are you angry?" And then he says, "If you don't do well, sin is lying outside your door, ready to attack." So he's the anger isn't sin. It's it's the gateway for sin to get in. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a real interesting mm -hmm. way to way to see it. And I hadn't seen it that way before. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And then just an aside here. Uh, so I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Um, and this is a shout out to someone I know and love, but. Have you ever heard of the serpent seed doctrine? Oh, yes, I have. It's yes. kind of interesting. And one of these, this is now, this is aside from all this first fruit stuff, but mm -hmm. the theory goes that the fruit in the garden was of a more sensual nature. Yes, yeah, so you than, used air quotes on fruit. Yes. <laughs> and that this situation was an adulterous type situation wherein uh, this sounds like a rated r story it well the bible is rated r oh is it yes, yes. but just look up mandrakes and you yes <laughs> yes you will <laughs> but um so anyway from this unholy union that took place in the garden this is where you have Abel fr from the fruit of Adam and mm -hmm. Cain from the fruit of Satan. Yeah. Uh, if you, but this verse here blows that right out of the water. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. So who was who the began, father? Who? who was the father and who was the mother of Cain? According to verse one, it would be of four. Uh, Adam and Eve. That's what it says. Clearly, that's right. the way I understand biology to work. Right. So. Whereas in the serpent seed doctrine, Satan is Cain's father, mm -hmm. and that's uh, the plan. Supposedly, was that the bloodline of Yeshua was is what Satan was trying to corrupt, and this is where Cain comes from. Yeah, I understand that logic, and and I've, I've definitely have looked at it before. But yeah, it, the ick factor. I mean, it's ick and gross. It and really weird. falls apart. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like whoa, whoa, that is really weird. Um, you know, so if that happened like that, I think Adam and Eve would have so many other issues that yeah. we might that might have been talked about somewhere. Yeah, because how would you how how you know how would you know 
your marriage would definitely suffer uh, if something <laughs> like that happened. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> it would be very weird. Right. But we're not so, here to talk about that. Yeah, That's just uh -huh. something that it, uh, the person I know and love will know, mm -hmm. <laughs> know exactly what I'm mm -hmm. talking about. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. And then Leviticus 23.9. Yahweh spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, when you come out of the land, I am going to give you and wait, give I'm going to give you and you harvest grain. That somehow does not <laughs> seem to be the right. Maybe there's supposed to be your I don't yeah. know. Uh bring the priest a bundle of the first grain you harvest. He will present it to Yahweh so that you will be accepted. He will present it on the day after Passover. And then if you click on this link, it'll flip back to this. The and their father gave them a possession in the land. Um, when you come into the land. And so um, so, so I just started seeing a lot of interesting tie-ins to this, just the terminology and the verbiage that's being used here. So, um, and so you get this concept that he's going to, you know, uh, the first fruit offering. And did you look something up there? Were you going to say something else? No, uh, I was just seeing what, uh, what that was saying. And then Yeshua is the bread. Many scriptures about Yeshua, there are, there are many scriptures about Yeshua being bread. It never says what kind of bread. Um, is it manna or is it real bread? And comment after, now. Yes. Pause the video and comment below. Yes. And then see the answer later on in the segment. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I think people do that on, the, on these kind of... Oh, yeah, things. they do. Do they yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll start something new. We're trying to see what works here. Yes. <laughs> yes. But um, which set of words? Oh, I, I forgot. I had a, a poll that I asked our group, and we, uh, we people, I asked people to comment, uh, do a comparing contrast between manna versus matzah. You know, what words do you use to describe manna? What you words do you describe matzah? And so, do you remember some of the words that we that we talked about? Um, seems like we did this the Zoom meeting. Yeah. Um, I know, obviously, like crunchy, for right for matzah. Yeah. Uh, I think someone mentioned uh, sweet because there's like a honey type flavor mm -hmm. supposedly that goes with the the manna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But we're just in matzah and the bread. You know, um, bread is light and fluffy. It's, yeah. Uh, and especially when you go. Uh, we've cut a lot of bread out of our diet through the years, but um, but you know when you go all eat all week eating the cracker matzah, um, you know having a real bread uh, sounds pretty good by the end of the week. Yeah. So and there's definitely a difference between matzah bread and real bread, right? Especially you know homemade. So the manna and the matzah. The manna, just like what you were saying, was a thin wafer substance that was sweet like honey. It was no frills. It's not much variety. It's just a calorie intake deal. So it gave them calories they needed. So what is that stuff? Isn't there something people use in go, back, go bags? It's like this brick of stuff, and you break it off, and it's just like nutritional calories. Straight up nutrition. Yeah, so I don't think it tastes like anything, <laughs> or maybe the government has it, and 
and and with the military but there's some nutritional bar like that that's kind of like a candy bar and you take off like if you just eat one square of it a day it gives you a lot of calories yeah you've never heard of such a thing i've heard of it i'm not i don't remember like what exactly it is but yeah yeah, I've, i've heard of it yeah if you know what it is let us know but um, but this matzah, you know, is just enough to get to keep you from dying. Uh, matzah is kind of like that. It's very similar. Um, not much flavor. It's thin. It's crunchy. It gives you nourishment. And so after the the week of matzah, um, and Jake, do you think that um, you know during the matzah, or, or have you ever heard your kids ask you the question, "Hey, when are we going to eat that dry, crunchy bread stuff? Not I can't once. wait." Can't wait till we do that, Dad. Not once. So, I, 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 and I think that's probably true too. I don't think most people sit around and go, "Oh man, I can't wait till we get to eat that matzo bread again." I just love that stuff. Now, I actually, I actually, I kind of like it, it too. But yeah, it's not something I'm like I crave. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm like. I could be making matzo right now. I'm not making mm-hmm. any. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, check this out. Um, do you think we should open up a food truck? And so it'd be just food truck and, um, and it would just be matzo. Like, okay, maybe we do like matzo grilled cheese. Ooh. I think, um, that would be a, a big hit or would it? You know, what's funny is we had, <laughs> you say matzo grilled cheese. <laughs> we made, we made, uh, tomato soup and cheesy matzo. Oh, for uh, Passover and unleavened bread, mm. and it was fantastic. Yeah, it probably was. But <laughs> I enjoyed it. But no, you're not going to get a lot of uh, a lot of takers at the food truck with that. Especially if you go to the food truck park, which I'm a fan of, and you park your food truck um, next to you know the one next to you is selling brisket grilled cheese barbecue sandwiches on Texas toast. And um, you try to sell your uh, matzah cracker with the <laughs> grilled cheese. Um, I don't think you're going to be very successful. I don't think it's going to be a big line at your food truck. Maybe the first day for the novelty. Yeah, to go, oh, what does that taste like? And then, then when they find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you could offer your um, – you remember how Taco Taco Bell – Used to have those little, I guess they still do those cinnamon, cinnamon crispy, crunchy things, and um, yeah, uh, now, now the, I come down to Texas, yeah, and I'm looking for authentic Mexican food, like you find back home in Pennsylvania. No, I'm looking <laughs> for the real thing, and you guys are sending me to Taco Bell. It's like I could have gone there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying you talk about, but you know, you could do matzah, you know, so you could sell your grilled cheeses and then have the matzah with cinnamon and sugar, like a uh, matzah, what do you call that? French, not French toast, just, what's that called? Just cinnamon toast? Cinnamon toast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just cinnamon toast. Yeah. So, they, um, yeah, those are, it's sopapilla. Almost. Almost, or like the cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. By the way, none of these people are advertising or uh, paying me to say this. Yes. You're welcome to call us. Yes. (laughs) We're open to offers. (laughs) Cinnamon Toast Crunch people. I don't even know if that's still around. 
But um, but the bottom line is, I don't think uh, people line up and you know matzah's you know feast of unleavened bread is it's not like Sukkot. Uh, you know, people anticipate and they're excited about Sukkot. But feast of unleavened bread is just kind of like, mm, got to do this thing, and I can't eat. I can't eat it's bread. The bread of affliction. Yes, yes. Although that sounds like a good a good way to sell it to someone. That yeah. They, hey, you want to come for a week and eat the bread of affliction? Right. Af- affliction. What did I say? Inflection. Inflection. No. You need to inflect. <laughs> yes. When you say affliction. Affliction. Yes. Thank you. So yeah. The bread of affliction. Of affliction. I can't say it today. <laughs> So, uh, so bread, you know, it's amazing when it's fresh and out of the oven. And so, describe how how does your family react when your when your wife makes her famous challah bread? We challah, obviously, we challah at you. No, so yeah, uh, when I come home back in the day from work and see, and as soon as I walk in the door, I know. That something awesome has happened. Having some challah bread Mm -hmm. and it's fantastic. Yeah. 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 It's been a little while. We should never make some more. Mm. Well, yeah, I definitely don't think people walk in there and go, Oh, what's that? Matzah you're baking? Oh man. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not definitely um, different. Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about bread out of the oven, you know, there's a smell, there's a taste, there's a texture, there's a flavor. It's 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 a universal language. I mean, you can go to any part of the world and offer someone a piece of fresh bread and you have a friend. Um, and, I, you know, I, I think if you go offer them a stale, crunchy cracker, they're going to be like, oh, Thank you, yeah. I think. Yeah. But, uh, you know, warm, fresh bread, you know, it, it, it does more than sustain life. It's craveable. Um, and I think that's what Yeshua, you know, I think he's both these things, um, but, you know, but he should be like that fresh bread out of the oven. You know, we should desire that um, and desire him the same kind of way. Right. It's easier to crave the, the fresh bread than it is the matzah, but yeah. But I see a lot of comparisons to, to how you know Yeshua is that bread that we should be craving and seeking. So, so the blood on the doorpost at the Passover, they were saved by the blood. They had a part to play in this. Yahuwah had a part to play as well. So, you know, we get into a lot of arguments and debates with some people, especially maybe in our former uh, church kind of mindset and walk, where uh, some people come out of a, a, a place where it's like, um, I call it greasy grace, and my family hates me because I say greasy grace. But, um, you know, where you can't fall from salvation. Have you heard people talk about kind of that perspective? Osas, yeah, the once saved, always saved hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yep, and you know, and, and there's so many ter- times in Scripture where it's clear that we have a part to play, and Passover was definitely that. Um, but but anyway, the, the, what the blood does is the blood lets him know that it was safe for him to dwell with them. He basically was, you know, one way to think about this is he's invited in to be a part of that home. Death can't touch that house because he is now a part of it. They are protected. They're covered by the blood, which is definitely, you know, clearly foreshadowing. 
Um, and then uh, would you read this scripture in Revelation 3.20? Sure. Look, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone listens to my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and we'll eat together. So when you look at these two things here, I want to go, I don't know what I just did. So back. Um, so I don't remember what slide you are on that one. So perfect. So, um, so Jake, do you see any comparisons between the concept of Yeshua being at the door knocking and the blood on the doorpost? Uh, yeah, the, clearly there's a door in doors. They both have doors. Yes. Check. And, uh, so, or just should I should relate? What, how do you think this might connect to, say, the wedding feast? Oh how, yeah. How could so, these be together? So yeah, at the wedding feast, the do they eat? The groom would knock at the door, and the bride would open the door and go with him, mm-hmm. and they would go and eat mm-hmm. and have a party. Yeah. And, and, and it, to, me, to me, it's a very similar thing to what you see at Passover is in a way that's that's what it shows is uh, the, the groom is coming and, and there is this meal um, that's consumed. This is more of the so when the when the husband comes, the husband to be, this is more uh, he's knocking on the door and he comes in to eat. That's more the betrothal, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so um, the work after Passover, so symbolically after salvation begins, the real work happens. You know, we, we're supposed to work on ourselves to constantly get rid of the leaven. And this represents our daily walk in life after salvation. The more leaven we have to deal with, the longer this can take. And so I think that the Feast of Unleavened Bread is a symbol of, of our spiritual journey. So so the Passover, you know, everyone has to start at some place and it starts with the blood. Kind of interesting. Shouldn't be a shocker, but uh but the story starts with the blood and that uh the that uh, particular feast um to me is a mini version of your life and your maturity. I don't know, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like you're going to start – correct me if I'm wrong on what you're saying, but the – so you start with the blood, mm-hmm. and then you grow from there. You're, you're, you're going to be uh, only receiving in – We get rid of the leaven. Yes. You you're get only rid of receiving the in those uh, pure mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. Would be the ideal way to go about right. it. Right. And so many of us, we got the blood. And did that happen in your story? Did you uh, get the leaven or did you get the unleaven at the beginning of your walk? Of my Torah walk or my other? my, my... In the beginning. Yeah, I would say no. It was, yeah. it was very leavened. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a, a lot of people, and you know, a lot of people don't realize how leavened it is, and they don't realize right. that uh, they're just following really the doctrine of the Catholic Church. And uh, no matter what the sign says outside the door, it's very much connected to Catholic Church doctrine. Right. 
So, but you know, we're not here. Right. To so there's do that never today. a there's never a uh, a specific. Let's look into this and and get the leaven out. Let's make sure that our teaching is pure. Let's make sure our you know there's there's lip service to that, but there's never uh, you know going going through the motions physically helps you get there in your heart. You know, gets helps you get mm-hmm. there uh, spiritually as well. Yeah, the physical kind of helps you see what's supposed to be happening spiritually, and if you're a visual mm-hmm. learner, that's going to be helpful for you. Yeah, yeah. But definitely, uh, we're you know we're supposed to be working on ourselves and get rid of, get rid of the leaven, and um, you know we got to get rid of the poison. And and if we work on getting the rid of the junk, we grow in our understanding. We become inwardly clean and ready to enter in, cleansing our temple the way Yeshua clean meant cleaned his. Um, it's an active, ongoing process. It's about the heart, not the fart. Clean out the heart. So right. that's another T-shirt idea in, in the working. So I don't know if it'd be very popular, though. Uh, well, that's what you, that's what we're going to wear when we make our matzah grilled cheeses. Ooh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So that's the perfect shirt for that. People will just line up for miles. Seeing it. So if you, so that's an investment opportunity. So, and we're gonna Get offer that on the to. Floor. That's right. So we're gonna put that on. What's that website where you do um, startups like that? Right, and Kickstarter. It, yeah, we'll do a Kickstarter campaign. And so all we need is we probably need I don't know fifty thousand to probably buy a food truck and outfit it and yeah. start getting it going. And so we'll get going on that just just any second now. Yeah. Well, so. plus T-shirts. Yes, T-shirts. So. Mm-hmm. so, but definitely this concept is, you know, and so we talked about um, Yeshua cleaning out the temple. And so, um, oh, I did it again. So I'm not <laughs> sure what is happening here. But um, so when Yeshua cleans out the temple, you know, it's a very forceful, intense moment. And so he walks into the temple and they're selling all this stuff, and and um, you know people are profiting, rich people are profiting off of the poor people, basically. And he gets ticked, and you know he makes a whip, and uh, you know I I've have you ever met a man cracking a whip? No, it's probably intimidating. Probably so. I've seen a demonstration. Have you ever seen like where they? crack a whip and pop a cigarette out of somebody's mouth or something. No, I've seen, I've seen video never mm-hmm. in person. I, I was someplace where they did it one time and uh, a outdoor setting or something. But I remember like, Whoa, uh, it's crazy how accurate those guys can be. But definitely if somebody is coming at you head on with a whip, you're probably going to social distance from them. Yes. So, so social distancing is not new, people. Right. It's been tried and true. So, <laughs> so but definitely, um, I think the concept exists of um, cleaning out the leaven. You should be as aggressive as Yeshua was cleaning out the leaven in the temple. And clearly, if he's making a whip, this is a deliberate cleansing. It's, yeah. So be deliberate mm-hmm. about the cleansing. And I think a lot of people want to make him out to be... 
the mamby pamsy wimpy white boy Jesus that comes in is like, hey guys, I really like it if you take that out of here because that's really harsh in my aura in here. So I don't, <laughs> but I think that not that he ever said anything like that, but I think that people kind of look at him that way a lot of times, you know, or they want to see him that way because he's, he's easier. It's just like, um, Talladega Nights. He's like a sweet dear baby Jesus laying there in the manger, all eight pounds and seven ounces, uh, you know, and he's just so focused. You know, people want that image. They don't like the image of him coming in kicking butt because that's what he did. You know, the people basically dropped everything. They pro- I can hear, you know, money here, you know, hitting the floor and they're grabbing his things as fast as they can and they're just leaving and some of the stuff they're leaving there because they're like holy crap that guy might try to kill me i don't know yeah and he was like a madman i think he uh, he definitely made a point and they got it very quickly very clearly but i think that same diligence and aggressive attitude is what he wants for us when it comes to getting rid of the leaven it's something that you really have to go after you can't just passively pursue going after the leaven. And if you've never aggressively pursued going after the leaven, I think you should. Right. And not just the, uh, just the physical leaven in the house. I mean that, that too, but in your heart, that's what you want to be looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely talking about the heart. Yeah, I'm not even talking really about the physical leaven. I'm talking about spiritually in your heart, in your life, um, the teachings that we have that are inaccurate. And I think this is a good time to fast from those teachings. You know, really so much of what the Catholic Church did um, in, in traditional modern churches, they stole from concepts that were found here. And so the, there is this concept of fasting, but I think it's fasting from the teachings of man. Yeah. And that's, you know, we like to do that too uh, during unleavened bread. It's, and it's hard. Uh, yeah. You get in such a habit of listening to certain things and you're like, Oh, I can't listen to that. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that is the principle. So the, the fruit of maturity, you know, the fruit of maturity, it's a refining uh, and maturing of our beans. Uh, once we're free from the poison, if you will, we can produce the fruits that will, will then produce seeds. As we mature, we are to make seeds that one day will make more seeds. The physical reflects the spiritual. And so, um, so when we think about seeds, you know, I come from an agricultural background and I am still connected to agriculture and what I do day to day. And I talk about seeds Every day, um, just about. And so, you know, when you think about bread, where does bread come from, Jake? Uh, the oven, Matt. The oven, of course, <laughs> fool. Uh, of course it comes from the oven. Where and else would it come from? We all know that it grows on a tree and you go pick it. Yes, it's money. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of bread. So bread, uh, you know, does originate as a seed. Um and, and so uh, years ago, I heard this uh, old gospel preacher, and there was a concept that he taught, and I believe it was true. And so, you know, that's one thing us, I'm going to take a little sidebar. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of good, God-fearing, um, gospel-believing preachers and things. That, they have some pieces of truth. And, and I think it's, you know, sometimes in this walk, it's easy to dismiss all of them. But, but you know, there are definitely pieces uh, that are accurate. And this guy talked about, uh, you know, the goal of a seed. And, and um, you know, I never really thought about it like this, that a seed makes a seed. Uh, you know, like kind produce like offspring and seeds make seeds. And uh, so that is the goal of that seed. And so Yeshua is the seed. He was put in the ground just like a seed, and he emerges as an everlasting living being. He wants to be like him, and then we're going to go into the parable of the sower. But do you have anything else to add about the concept of the seed? Yeah, just the whole idea. You don't get more garlic unless the garlic you planted goes into the ground and dies and then produces more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, You may not know this, but okay, um, we were talking about peanuts earlier. Anytime you eat a peanut, next time you eat a peanut, crack it open. A peanut is called a dicot seed because it has two halves. And uh, when you open up those two halves, there is a baby plant inside every peanut. And so every seed uh, already has a baby plant, an embryo that's already there. And uh, perfectly symmetrical, perfectly formed, just another another piece of evidence that this is created. And it's absolutely amazing that, um, you know, but any time, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but inside the little peanut, there's a little bitty tiny. I always wondered what that was. Uh, and, that, and that's the, the baby plant. And it got baked and cooked after, you know, they roasted the peanut. So it's not going to make it anymore. Hmm. So don't plant the peanuts in the ground. Because uh, they're not going to grow other peanuts. Oh, okay. I'll so, keep that in mind. Unless they're raw. Okay. The raw ones will. So anyway, uh, <laughs> we're going to look at the parable of the sower. And Jake, would you read Matthew 13 from the Nog? That same day, Yeshua left the house and sat down by the Sea of Galilee. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat. He sat in the boat while the entire crowd stood on the shore. Then he used stories as illustrations to tell them many things. He said, listen, a farmer went to plant seed. Some seeds were planted along the road and birds came and devoured them. Other seeds were planted on rocky ground where there was little soil. The plants sprouted quickly because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, they were scorched. They withered because their roots weren't deep enough. Other seeds were planted among thorn bushes and the thorn bushes grew up and choked them. But other seeds were planted on good ground and produced grain. They produced 160 or 30 times as much as was planted. Let the person who has ears listen. Yeshua answered, Knowledge about the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but it has not been given to the crowd. Those who understand these mysteries will be given more knowledge, and they will excel in understanding them. However, Some people don't understand these mysteries. Even what they understand will be taken away from them. This is why I speak to them this way. They see, but they're blind. They hear, but they don't listen. They don't even try to understand. So they make Isaiah's prophecy come true. You will hear clearly, but never understand. You will see clearly, but never comprehend. These people have become closed-minded and hard of hearing. They have shut their eyes so that their eyes never see, their ears never hear, their minds never understand, and they never return to me for healing. 
Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. I can guarantee this truth. Many prophets and many of Elohim's people longed to see what you see but didn't see it. To hear what you hear but didn't hear it. Listen to what the story about the farmer means. Someone hears the word about the kingdom but doesn't understand it. The evil one comes at once and snatches away what was planted in him. This is what the seed planted along the road illustrates. The seed planted on rocky ground is the person who hears the word and accepts it at once with joy. Since he doesn't have any root, he lasts only a little while. Uh, when suffering or persecution comes along because of the word, he immediately falls from faith. The seed planted among the thorn bushes is another person who hears the word. But the worries of life and the deceitful pleasures of riches choke the word so that it can't produce anything. But the seed planted on good ground is the person who hears and understands the word. This type produces crops. They produce 160 or 30 times as much as was planted. So um, before we uh, go there, do you have any, any thoughts about, about that that you read there? Oh, yeah. So, oh, I'm going the wrong way. Any thoughts about that reading? Um, I mean, I have thoughts. Yeah. No, I think it's interesting that uh, when he starts talking about why he's speaking in parables, that always strikes me because mm -hmm. uh, in – and I can't, I won't remember the place right now, but he says that, uh, so they'll hear and will not understand lest they repent and be saved. Mm. And I just think it's, it's an amazing, uh, it's, it's kind of a game changer when you, when you kind of pick that up mm. that, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's sheep and there's goats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when we started thinking about this, it just made sense to me. Uh, I could kind of see how you can weave all this together yeah. about he's the bread, he's the seed, um, and, you know, and so the seed, when I think about the parable of the sower, you know, what kind of seed do you think the farmer was planting? Probably like... Do you think he was planting flowers? Mm, probably not in abundance. Probably not. I don't think, especially back in that day, that I just can't see that many farmers that went out and planted flowers. Probably a lot of wheat and barley. Yes. Yes. And so they were planting food sources. And, uh, and, and, and they used a lot of bread back in the day because bread is a great way to nourish a lot of people. Uh, and it's fairly easy to make and do. And this stuff will grow about anywhere. So as it does, but I mean, yes, there's so many other things happening in the story and definitely about, um, you know, um, about how people are and the different types of people are here. You know, you definitely want to be the fertile ground in this story for sure. Right. Um, but, you know, there's definitely a connection and I'm not saying I have everything sewn up in a nice little and put a little nice little bow on it. Uh, you know, it's something to ponder and something to consider uh, about how uh, the bread of life is connected to the seed. 
Um, and then after the unleavened bread, it's now time to enter the promised land. We're now offering a, a wave of our first fruits to him as we symbolic, symbolically show him we're ready to enter the land with him. We've laid down our own will back, given up our leaven, and we've become, uh, you know, what we what he really wants is us to become like that farmer uh, casting seeds. And so it kind of goes back to uh, when we a current event thing we just did recently where we talked about uh, current events in the world and about uh, evangelism. Right. And so definitely, um, you know, and so in, in evangelism goes back to, you know, a seed begets a seed. And right. So, You're just looking to scatter seed and, you know, it's up to, up to Yahweh if it grows. Just mm -hmm. like a regular gardening. You yeah. throw the seed yeah. out there, you can't, no matter what you do to it, mm -hmm. it's not up to you whether it grows. Well, you know, that's a great example. I, I talk to people about plants, you know, and so that's the world that I know a lot about. And people will say, you know, I want sometimes they name, you know, in my world, it's crazy talk. But to them, it's not. Uh, but they'll tell me some crazy ideas they have on. Oh, I want to do this plant here. I'm like, mm, no, that's the plant's not going to work. Uh, that plant will die. Uh, you know, and, and I can plant that for you if that's what you want, but it is on you when it dies. Don't complain to me. Don't ask me later why it died. I'm telling you right now, it is going to die if we do what you say to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that, that, um, but I also tell people, um, that, uh, you know, the plant, you know, that you can take a plant and the book may say this plant needs full sun and well-drained soil and you put it someplace and you go like, Oh, it's going to do great. Well, the plant didn't read the book, uh, you know, and it may not. Uh, and so, you know, just, it just meets your point that, uh, you know, same thing is true with if something is deer resistant, yeah. you know, um, you can plant a deer resistant flower, but the deer, they never, they don't know that. <laughs> uh, and they're going to take a bite out of it and they might decide they like it. I mean, who knows? But um, so anyway, I don't really know where I was going with that, but going Just somewhere. Just that uh, you know, it's up to Yahweh whether the seed's gonna yeah gonna grow or not. Mm -hmm. And so the waving represents the with the yod represents human worship, um, and so um, Jake and I were debating about this. I think this first character is that yod right there. I don't know. This is, is yod over on the right. The one on the right. This first one on the left, it looks to me like someone, um, well, I guess it could look like two things. It could look like someone standing and they have their hands up and you kind of see their shadow or their uh, knees are bent and their legs are up and they've got their arms outstretched as they're, you know, maybe prostate on the ground. Yeah. So Sure. But... Anyway, I think so, it looks like a Y stick. A Y stick, over. yes, yes. But the bottom line is we must first die to ourselves. We must be buried and we rise again as something new, which is all very much similar to the seed talk. Right. And uh, that's exactly, you know, um, what we see in that Yeshua was a seed that did this very thing. Right. So um, that's... When you rise again with no leaven mm. and then you wait until that leaven the true leaven yes. takes hold and puffs up properly mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's good
Well, I think that's all I have about the the first fruits, and you know, like I said, that uh, we're not claiming that we have all the answers, and that um, you know, we're just two guys trying to figure this out, like you are. And uh, you know, if you have other thoughts, maybe things we didn't think about, uh, please give us uh, comments. Um, if you question it, if you think we're absolutely wrong, let us know. That we asked you to do that in kindness, and um, and um, you know, you Use know, tech. objective objective reasoning, and explain it and back it up with scripture, not just because you don't like it. So, but anyway, uh, Jake, you got anything else to say? Uh, just that we started this off talking about how uh, asking the question: Is Yeshua the the unleavened bread, or is he the the leavened everyday? bread that we see and we we kind of came to the idea that it's he's both and i think that the evidence of that is that last slide where you start off right you the seed dies and then grows again and you you know you die to yourself and uh you start anew mm -hmm. afresh unleavened and then you only let the leaven that is the word, the pure leaven, in. That's good. That's good. Well, as always, we appreciate you uh, taking your time, uh, effort, and energy and uh, to stop by and listen. And we ask that if, if this is beneficial, if you uh, like what you heard here today, please let other people know about it. So, you know, because believe it or not, Jake and I have even tried some advertising dollars to try to expand our audience. And, uh, but the best thing is word of mouth and just, right. and just you telling people, you know, um, and uh, whether it be family members or um, just someone that you think might be um, uh, interested, we just appreciate you uh, uh, letting them know about us and, um, and that's all. This is Matt signing off. And Jake signing off.